You're listening to Informed, informal chats about theological topics to help us know and understand God together. Informed. Informed. Hi everyone, Simeon here. Welcome to Informed, which is uh, what I think we're going to call this uh, new series of podcasts, a uh, little play on the uh, the title in convo what we're going to do in these uh, podcasts is try to talk through some uh, interesting theological topics um, that we think would be helpful uh, for other people in the church to think about uh, so today I'm here with Daniel morning Daniel morning great to see you great to see you I'm going to put you on the spot because um, uh, I had an idea um, that perhaps uh, it would be quite fun just to ask different guests on this podcast, like in 30 seconds, a minute, why are you a Christian? Um, well, I, I I was exposed to Christianity from birth because my family was Christian. And um, I, I found it to be um, very sort of sensible and workable and um, I suppose in some ways I took it for granted and uh, believed it and um, acted in light of it so I prayed and I read the bible um, and I, I sort of did things in keeping with that faith um, and to be honest it was all people's examples around me were all very very good and gave me great reason for hope and uh, didn't see all that much hypocrisy or what have you um and then if you add to that a sort of a mini crisis of faith that i had in my teenage years around the nature of god and the nature of salvation um, which i worked through with the help of a couple of good books and the bible and a few nice and friendly youth leaders um and you put those and then came to a place of sort of settled conviction on a few things to do with that and you put those two things together um and then a later experience of being filled with the spirit uh at uh, in a in a campsite um those three things are very very significant parts of why i'm a christian brilliant uh, i feel like um in a church like ours, there'll be lots of people who will say that uh, significant things happened on campsites. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure I'm one of them, actually, although I'm sure I have had significant things happen on campsites, but none of them spring to mind. It wasn't, um, it wasn't, it wasn't in a main meeting at a campsite, actually. It was around a fire after a service, which, again, is probably not that uncommon. <laughs> that That's interesting in itself, and maybe that's a, maybe that's a topic for another podcast, but... Um, mm. Uh, today we're going to be talking about um, uh, can a Christian lose their salvation, um, which perhaps might touch on that um, that stuff you were wrestling through about the nature of God and the nature of salvation as a teenager. Mm. But before we go there, um, th this is the first one of these we're recording. I haven't decided whether it's the first one we'll put out, um, but let's imagine it is. And uh, like so many things in church life, this was your idea. Um, but I've kind of uh, said, oh, that's a good idea. I'll do that and, um, uh, and, and try to make it happen. Why did you think doing some podcasting like this would be helpful for City Church? Well, um, multiple reasons, really. Um, we've reflected uh, recently on Acts 2.42. It talks about the, the early church devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching. So I think... Uh, it's really important that we do that. Um, we want to be a church which is a multiplying family of disciples on mission. And we've defined discipleship as someone who's increasingly worshipping God, increasingly obeying God, and um, increasingly being transformed by God and helping others to do the same. And in order to delight in God, worship him, in order to obey him, in order to be transformed by him, you have to know him. Um, and, you know, I, I hear from, from time to time, less often now perhaps, uh, people say things like, I, I don't really want to know about God. I want to know God. I don't really understand the importance of theology. 
uh, and it sounds it sounds plausible on on the surface. And I and I do want to I want to really honour the impulse that says let's keep things simple and let's mm. let's not give ourselves to the books at the loss of a, of what is essentially a relationship. I totally agree with that. Nevertheless, I think once you start to put any weight on that argument, it doesn't stand up for very long because if you applied it to a husband and wife, you could say to the wife, now, tell me about your husband. What color hair has he got? Oh, I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not bothered by that sort of thing. You know, I just love him. Okay, well, what color are his eyes? I, I don't know. Okay, well, what, what things is he passionate about? No, no, I'm not, I'm not worried about all of those things. I just, you know, and it, it's, it starts to begin to look like you don't really love him because you mm. haven't taken an interest in anything to do with him and you don't actually know anything about him. Um, who, who is this person you love anyway? Uh, you don't know anything about them. So I think we want, to, we want to do both, don't we? We want to keep it simple and we want to remember it's a relationship. Nevertheless, the more we know about God, the more we're going to be led to worship and obedience and transformation. So I think, you know, Colossians 1, 28, Paul says... He is the one we proclaim, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. Um, and I think that idea of growing, increasing maturity in Christ is really important, one that we should be giving ourselves to. So I'm hoping that by doing these, having these chats will stimulate thought and stimulate worship and obedience and transformation in, in people. Mm. Yeah, I, I love that that analogy of the husband and wife. I found that quite quite striking. I think you 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 latched on to um uh so we're recording this in December, and so we're just coming towards the end of uh, the Philippians series uh, that we've we've been doing as a church. And you you particularly picked up on chapter one verse uh, verse nine that that Paul prays that their love may abound still more and more in real knowledge and all discernment. Yeah. Uh, and just before we came on this call, I was just skimming through some some notes that I've done before on today's topic and um, was reminded of the end of Hebrews five, um, where where the, the author is is uh, is really I've got some heart, heart, harsh words for for those particular Christians saying, you know, by this time you ought to be teachers. You have need again for someone to teach you the elementary principles of the oracles of God. You have come to need milk and not solid food solid food is for the mature who because of practice have their senses trained to discern good and evil so there, there is a there is a um there is there is something important about knowledge and understanding as part of certainly not the total of but part of what it means to be a disciple of jesus absolutely and i think i think just on a very very practical level um we're, we're sort of commissioned to teach the church and to teach one another. And it's, I think it's increasingly understood that people learn in different styles. And so yeah. um, there are those who find reading the most accessible way of learning and there are those who don't. And um, certainly I, I love listening to podcasts and I'm an avid podcast fan. I know that Anna, when she had young babies, um, that was really the only thing that she could access in terms of having her hands full. So I just think it's it's one thing in the mix, isn't it? It's a different learning yeah. modality. People can listen. Conversations are back and forward, a little bit more interesting, perhaps. So we we just want to it to be part of the diet. Yeah, and maybe a helpful part of the diet in the COVID situation when we're we're not all getting in a room to listen to half an hour sermon. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay, so today's today's topic, uh, like classic classic Christian uh, controversy, if you want to call it that, um, can a can a Christian lose their salvation? Um, uh, so I suppose it'd be worth you know, some people be very familiar with the de debate, but it might be worth point just starting by asking, well, why is this a question? Um, uh, and I guess I I I covered it from a sort of um, more details view and you'll come at it from more of a big picture view so it'd be good to hear hear both of our take on that I suppose for me you know it's a question because in the bible there are certain passages which 
um, seem to be giving real encouragement and reassurance that, you know, if you're following Jesus now, he'll keep you safe and stop you from ever giving up on him. Um, uh, and there are other passages in the Bible which appear to say it's really important that you don't give up on following Jesus. It, you know, you would lose your salvation if you did. Um, and so from that data, people are people are trying to put together a, a coherent theology and see what it is that God's revealing to us through all that. Um, how, how do you think about this whole question and why it's even a thing? Well, I think um, pastorally, the questions arise because people might see their friends falling away from the faith. Um, yeah. Again, pastorally, it might arise because people have a lack of assurance in their own peace levels. Um, I think theologically, uh, it touches on the very nature of God and how salvation works. Um, and so I think it's, it's a, a very, very important topic. Um, and, and, you know, one, one that, that has been poured over for centuries. And um, so we, we, I think we shouldn't be dogmatic about things that, that Christians are, see differently. And, and I almost think the more I think about this, although I've got a persuasion, quite a firm persuasion, I think almost more interesting than the actual answer to that question is what what elements are you bringing into view in order to get to that answer and um a question like can you lose us at your salvation is is almost too simplistic to be helpful there's not even enough information in the question um, mm. but but that's the joy of uh, of the word of God and the richness of, of his character and the relationship we've got with him is that there's, there's always more to discover and um, turning on one light switch casts new light on a, on something you can already see. So it's going to be great to begin to draw out some big themes and look at what, what issues are at stake as we, as we go through it. Mm. Yeah. Several things I could, I could ask you about there, but let, just on the um, your, the thing you said about Christians disagreeing on this, would it be fair to say this this is something where we would be? Uh, so it so happens today, you've got two elders of the church on this on this podcast. Is this something that we'd be happy for there to be a variety of views on within City Church? Um, of course, in in the sense that, in a number of senses. Um, I think how can how can two travel together unless they are agreed? You you need to have sort of a critical mass uh, of consensus between you and conviction. Mm. Um, mm. So I think that's just a kind of a broad reality that that people would probably identify with across every area of, of life. Um, so I think I always think more agreement is better than less agreement. Um, but. Be because of because of the fact that there are so many elements that come together to get to an answer on this topic you can you can agree on lots and lots of those things and still come to a different answer and so <laughs> um so i think um it's absolutely possible um and, and i think very very deeply thinking christians have fallen on different sides of the fence over the years um so I wouldn't. I would. I wouldn't want it to be presented as you should believe this because I believe this. I, I would want it yeah. to be presented that we're, we're all coming to the Bible to discover who God is, and I don't, I'm not mediating between the listener and, and God to tell them that. I'm I'm trying to discern what the Bible says about God and preach that and teach that. So we we all come shoulder to shoulder to the Word of God and look at it to tell us to see what it tells us about God and so I think as we go through we need to keep the text before us and um, keep human philosophy slightly uh, to it's it, it's got to be in view because it is is coherent but the reason we believe things think these things is because the bible tells us them 
So interesting. From a discipleship point of view, I guess you're saying how you get to your conclusion, if you get to one, yeah. is perhaps more important than exactly where you end up. Absolutely. Absolutely right. Yeah. Interesting. Well, it's high time I made you put your cards on the table. So, um, which I'm also happy to do. But you said you have quite a strong conviction on this. So, how do you process this whole question um, theologically, and and when you when you see people apparently turning their back on Jesus? So, I, I would say, can can a Christian lose their salvation? No, they can't. Um, I I don't believe they can because of who God is because of what salvation is um, but can someone who appeared to be a Christian demonstrate that they're no longer a Christian yes absolutely um, so that's one of those things where it's the you know it depends what you're going to do with that question and that answer it would depend on how I answer it because mm. um I think we would all have to accept that we've seen people who would appear to be Christians who have appeared to fall away. Um, and, you know, I think there's a question mark over whether they were Christians and there's also a question mark on whether they've fallen away. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, and although we are given a lot of information about what to look for, um, the Bible is also clear that there will be some surprises for us. Um, and there'll be some surprises for people themselves. You know, I, I, Jesus saying, I never knew you, mm. um, for example, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So I think if I was to, if I was to sort of say, why do I believe in, a, in eternal salvation? Why do I believe that someone can't lose their salvation? I, I'd look to, to a number of sort of uh, key verses um, but it's not to say that that's the totality of the argument. But you've got Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And then there's a qualifier. This is not from yourselves. It is a gift of God. And then thirdly, not by work so that no one can boast. So in that, in that short sentence, um, you've, you've got it in triplicate. It's by grace through faith. It's not from yourselves, it's from God, and it's a gift, not by works, so that no one can boast. Um, but then, you know, there's umpteen other passages you could turn to, but I guess Romans 8, the whole chapter of Romans 8 would be helpful. I think almost if, if, if I was to sit down with someone and, and have to have this conversation with Bibles in our laps, I might just say, let's just pick, let's just go to Romans 8 and read it forensically and try to stay within that um but that's uh, that's because you don't want to do too much flicking around but but you can do flicking mm. around from the beginning to the end because mm. it's there all the way through mm. romans 8 yeah. says i'm convinced that neither death nor life nor angels nor demons nor present nor future nor powers nor height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of god that is in christ jesus so i think that's an exhaustive list and it's centered in Christ. What were you going to say? I was going to ask you to quote a bit from Romans 8, and then you did. <laughs> Brilliant. So I think, I think, um, I, I personally would, would find it very, very hard to understand the concept of grace outside of a totally sovereign God who has done it for us. So I think this isn't an abstract question because um, it, it has implications for other doctrines. Um, so I think, I think one big idea is that it is God who saves us. We, we, we add nothing to uh, that equation we are dead in our trespasses and sins and he makes us alive so by, by, by the nature of a sort of a, a sort of informal chat it's not going to be possible for us to be to do a sort of a systematic theology approach 
Um, but let, let's just look at another a portion of uh, Romans 8. Um, Romans 8, verse 30. Those he predestined, he also called. Those who he called, he also justified. Those who he justified, he also glorified. Those are talking about different states of, of salvation. Now, what's interesting is that word called. So he predestined us, and because he predestined us, he called us. That's, um, if you look at John eleven forty three, Jesus is standing outside the tomb of Lazarus, and he called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. Now, does Lazarus have the choice? <laughs> can, 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 can he's dead. Can, he's dead, yeah. Can, can Lazarus raise himself from the dead? No, he can't. But can he deny the call of God? No, he can't. Um, so he comes out and uh, he's raised to life. And I, I think that's a, a, a helpful picture to have in mind when we look at a verse like those he predestined, he also called and those he called, he justified. He doesn't say those he called, he helped them to justify themselves. He justified them. He glorified mm. them. So I, I would say that one side of the coin is that God saves us. And if that's true, then the flip side of that same coin is that we can't save ourselves, which we sing regularly on a Sunday morning. Mm. And therefore, we can't unsave ourselves. I think that's really important. Nothing can separate me from the love of God, even myself. I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely, I mean, I, I don't have enough confidence in my own goodness to find any comfort from an idea that I'm responsible for my salvation. Mm. Um, and then I think the other big idea, so the first big idea is that God does it. And if God does it, then we can't undo it. The other big idea is that it's a free gift. Um, and if, you know, it's explicitly says they're not by works. As soon as you begin to earn it, it's no longer a gift. It's freely given. Um, and I'm not sure how much use a gift is that can be taken away. So, um, it's a gift of eternal life. But if that eternal life only lasts for five minutes, how eternal was it? <laughs> um, so I think, I think it gets to the character of God. It gets to a fundamental understanding of our total death. The wages of sin is death. We are born in sin. Imagine it's a country. That is the country we are. Before we've done anything, we're in that country. And then God takes us from that country, sin, and through Christ, or puts us from sin into Christ, uh, into a new place, and not because of things we've yet done. Um, and I think that, that, that gets to yeah, our, our state before God, our total need of him and his, his acting, the fact that he graciously acted, it was totally of his doing, he saved us by grace and that it's a free gift and that you know understanding those things has has implications for eternal salvation because um you can't have one really without the other any any thoughts on that or pushback <laughs> i think that's all really helpful i think you made a good case um what how does faith fit into all that because another way of thinking about what happens when I become a Christian is that I am putting my faith in Jesus. The Ephesians bit you quoted even references that. Mm. Um, uh, so it does look like there's something that I have to do or contribute. And presumably I could stop doing or contributing that and stop trusting Jesus. How would you, how would you respond to that? Yeah. I mean, I think there's a, there's a, a delicious and glorious working together of God and man, um, which is a theme 
throughout the Bible, but you know, a a mental image I sometimes use is of a parent helping their toddler to walk for the first time. They they put their fingers down. They they you know the adult is standing up, bending over with their fingers out, and the child is holding onto the fingers, taking a few wobbly steps. Now, which one of them is doing that? Which one of them is walking? Well, you actually can't separate them out because the child couldn't do it without the parent, but the parent couldn't can't make the child uh, do it if the child isn't a willing participant. So there's a, a working together where you can't actually separate one from another. Um, that's mysterious. I'm not. I'm not denying that. Mm. Um, I think we have this. Uh, well, whether this is widely held or not, it you know is sometimes understood that becoming a Christian is a bit like receiving an inoculation at the age of six or whatever, and that's basically well, that's one and done. I'm I'm good to go, and I will cash this in at the end of my life because I've I've had this thing happen to me. Um, I don't think that's what it's like at all. That's that's not a helpful idea. It's it's a bit more like putting yourself under the care of a particular doctor and doing everything he tells you to do for the rest of your life so that you remain healthy. It's an ongoing, continuous relationship. Um, so what what is a Christian? A Christian it, it is to do with faith. In 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 Acts 16. Uh, Peter says, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. Sorry, no, it won't be Peter by Acts 16, but whoever it is replies, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. Believe. Acts, uh, John 3, which is Jesus speaking. So God, God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that whoever believes in him will not perish or have eternal life. Um, John 6, he declared, I'm the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Or John uh, 1 11. he came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent or of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. So even in there, it's, it's, it's a kind of a working together of parent and child. You believe because you've been born of God. Um, it's a... It's, uh, it's a, a lovely, lovely picture. And, and that, so this, this idea of believing in God is, is fundamental. It's, you know, there are some slight misunderstandings of salvation taken, say, from Revelation, where there's a passage that talks about, I'm standing at the door and knocking, let me into your heart. Now, that, that gets applied in an evangelistic context, which is erroneous, because that is Jesus talking to a church. So becoming a Christian isn't inviting Jesus into your heart. I mean, I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with inviting Jesus in your heart. And sure enough, he dwells amongst us because we are the temple of God. But I don't think it should be reduced to an idea like that. Um, it's about believing. And John talks about receiving him um, and becoming children of God. Uh, and, and just to be totally explicit from a theological point of view, Romans 3 says... We maintain that a person is justified, justified by faith apart from works of the law. But we do that because God's called us. So imagine, imagine at the end of a service on Sunday morning at Brickfields and people are beginning to leave and you, Simeon, are, are just gathering your family up and you're about to walk out the door and I'm on the stage and I shout, Simeon, you turn around, you know, mm -hmm. you turned around but the reason you turned around was because i called you mm. so yes there's a response from you but the response comes because of the provocation which is effective yeah that, that's a helpful analogy i think um that god makes the first move and uh yeah i was i was prodding you just now saying is our faith a contribution and that's probably a really unhelpful word to use it's not something we contribute to our salvation because, uh, you know, God's done 95% of the work and we have to provide 5%. It, mm. it, it's our response to our, our reception of him. Um, and I think, yeah, it's, 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 uh, it, it's a gift of God that we have faith. I don't think that's exactly what Ephesians 2 is saying, but um, I think the, the idea is true that, that um, 
that we only have faith because God gives it to us. Um, we'd be dead otherwise. And uh, I, I was um, chatting to Mark Murphy recently and it reminded me of uh, a really helpful concept that I picked up in in my diploma studies about a year ago of the idea that we we think of this kind of thing we had these debates and we're kind of thinking um is it god that does it or is it the creature that does it and it has to be one or the other or you know 50 percent one 50 percent the other or or 60 40 or whatever um and perhaps a more helpful way to think about it because we're dealing we're not dealing with two different creatures did i eat the cake or did daniel eat the cake we're dealing with a creator and a creature. Um, so it can actually be all of one and all of the other. It, it can be, I, I can repent and put my faith in Jesus and that be some 100% something that I am doing whilst that being simultaneously 100% a work of God because everything that I am, including my decisions and my will is actually sits within his sovereignty and his lordship. And so that's not that's not necessarily to to say that I'm an autonomous and I'm a robot and I'm just, you know, following uh, following the way I've been programmed by him or whatever, because actually that's to reduce it down too much to well, how it would be if it were me and you. But it's not me and you. It's God and me. And um, so it, it's perhaps possible um, for it not to be mutually exclusive. Um, it can be something I do 100% and 100% something that God does. Absolutely. I think I, I, I think it's, it's, it's worth stepping back and acknowledging that we are not the centre of the universe, but God is the centre of the universe. And um, I don't mean that physically, I just mean sort of philosophically and if it's if it's true that he's god and i'm not and he is a creator and i'm a creation a creature then it to me it follows that he knows more than i know and not not just by a little bit but by an infinite amount so my my knowledge is is finite and even compared to people around me is is larger or smaller um but what's what god understands transcends that completely so if if everything that i know can fit into a coffee cup then everything that god knows um doesn't just fit into the kitchen or into the house it it has no boundary so there yeah. are things there are things that are true which do not exist inside that coffee cup of my understanding which nevertheless are true. And so I don't, I don't particularly use it as a test that I can understand something. Mm. In fact, if I was to use it as a test, I would use it in the sense that if I can understand every aspect of God, then he isn't God. By definition, yes. he isn't God. I think that because makes sense. He's no, he's no cleverer than I am. Mm. Um, so it's good to it's good to it's good to get towards solutions in some of these things, but I, I don't expect to get to an absolute solution on, yeah. on, on them particularly. Yeah, yeah. You look like you were poised to say something. Poised. Um, I'm thinking about I, the, there's a question which I think is possibly going to be in our listeners' minds, which we probably need to acknowledge and park and maybe do a different episode on sometime. Uh, but that's if if the sort of the whole what you might call the predestination question if, if it's all of god's doing how come some people don't get saved and is that fair um that's something we should definitely talk about sometime but i wonder whether we should park that because i think on this whole can you lose your salvation thing we've had a great discussion but we've given ourselves an easy time so far um because we haven't really engaged with some of the scriptures that might might appear to challenge that view so i know you love the book of hebrews um so when you open Hebrews time and again, uh, you find the author saying, um, you know, make, make sure you don't fall away. Um, if you fall away, you know, you, you won't be saved. Um, so how, how do you process that? 
Um, does that does that give you pause for thought in terms of the position that you've sketched out so far? Yes. Let's let's um, let let me just um, get to Hebrews by way of acknowledging the topic of endurance and perseverance. Okay. Uh, more broadly, so Hebrews three says we have come to share Christ if indeed we hold our original conviction firmly to the very end. So there's a clause there. 1 John 2, uh, talking about some disciples, they went out from us, as i.e. they left us, but they did not really belong to us. For they, if they had belonged to us, they would have remained with us. That's a sort of a, a test. Uh, it might seem circular, mm. but there's no way around it. Um, they, they didn't belong to us because they didn't remain with us, even though they appeared to belong to us at first. By their, by their going, they showed that none of them belonged to us. Or Jude 24 uh, talks about God sustaining us. To him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and great joys. And it goes on to say, um, so that he will never, so that, we, oh, this is uh, Jeremiah back in the Old Testament, lovely verse, uh, Jeremiah 32. I will make an everlasting covenant with them. I will never stop doing good to them. I will inspire them to fear me so that they will never turn away from me. 1 Corinthians 1, he also will keep you firm to the end. Or 1 Thessalonians 5, may God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So this 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 notion uh, that, that comes up in in I suppose in stark contrast in in Hebrews is not uncommon it's mm. it's not unique to Hebrews um, so it does have to do with um, a sure sign of our salvation is that we endured to the end and if we didn't endure to the end then either we weren't Christians or actually we have endured to the end it just doesn't look like it mm, yeah i would agree i know that that will raise a million pastoral questions but i i think that is the right way to think about it and yeah. certainly to to you know so I, I would agree with you that um if, if push comes to shove uh no i i don't think a, someone who's genuinely saved can lose their salvation but i don't think either of us would go as far as as is where some people do take this, which is to say, if at some point you, you know, pray a prayer or whatever and um, and and believe in Jesus, uh, then no matter what you do for the rest of your life, um, you'll be saved on the last day. Hmm. Um, and I think for, for you know, given everything you've just given everything you've just quoted, um, there's there's no way I want to go there. Um hmm keeping going keeping following jesus is um is absolutely non-negotiable uh it yeah i think it's, it's non-negotiable and that 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 um that verse you quoted hebrews three fourteen, um is is a really pithy well it's difficult to get head around it but it, it puts it really nicely when we were preaching through hebrews years ago i listened to some lectures by don carson um, on Hebrews hopefully they're still online because they're amazing and I'd really recommend them um, but he I think he he builds a lot of his he really centers his understanding of warnings and assurance and so on around this verse um, we have become partakers of Christ it so we you know we have it's happened if we hold fast the beginning of our assurance firm until the end so it sounds a bit funny because a past event is being made conditional on a future thing. Um, but um, it, it does encapsulate perhaps quite nicely the idea that um, uh, um, true Christians are those who keep going, uh, which is to kind of turn the question around in a helpful way, um, perhaps rather than saying, oh, Will a, will a Christian always keep going? Uh, well, maybe that's what a Christian is. Someone who keeps going. But that, so that, um, so given, given that, you, you, you've got, a, so a, 
we're saying that um, salvation is all of God's work. So, and if he's saved you, he's not going to unsave you. Um, we're saying nevertheless that a Christian is someone who keeps following Jesus actively um, through their lives. Um, and, and you can tell from their life that they're doing so. Um, but if, if that's inevitable, because God saved me, why, why have these, you know, pretty harsh, stark, harsh is probably the wrong word, strong um, danger signs in Hebrews? Or, or in Paul or wherever. Yeah, it's not just Hebrews. Well, I mean, it's... I, I, I'm conscious that we're trying to do a lot, we're trying to cover a lot of ground in a short time and um, we, we're in danger of oversimplifying things by using metaphors and what have you. So I just want to keep saying to the listeners, you know, the church, get your Bibles out, keep reading this stuff, keep praying about it, don't see this as the final word. Um, but I, I don't think... I don't think it's inconsistent to, to, on the one hand, not allow something, and on the other hand, warn people about it. So, for example, as a parent, I will not allow my children to play in the road. I will not allow them to play in the traffic. Nevertheless, I will also warn them not to play in the traffic and tell them of the dire consequences to them and others if they do. Those two things are not inconsistent. So I warn them not to play in the traffic, but if they tried to play in the traffic, I would stop them. Um, and I'm, you know, limited and human. God is not limited. He's not human. Mm. So to me, those things aren't, aren't um, one doesn't cancel out the other in the slightest. Um, yeah. I think it's a really helpful analogy um, and, and sort of um, uh, different people kind of process these warnings in different ways. You know, maybe, maybe they're just purely hypothetical or maybe they're not really talking about salvation. They're talking about eternal rewards or something and, mm. and so on. Um, I, I, I don't, I'm not completely persuaded by those sorts of ways of thinking about them. Um, mm. I think they are talking about salvation, but just like your analogy with, with the children in the road, God is committed to keeping us safe in Christ. And one of the ways he does that is through warnings like, like those in Hebrews 3, 4, 6, 10. Yeah. Um, so, so it's warnings as a means of God's preserving us, not as opposed to God preserving us. <laughs> Very good. Very good. Yeah. If you, if, you took, if you took the parable of the sower... The farmer, yes. sows, the farmer sows seed and within the first minute, this seed has, a, has arrived on different types of ground. Which, which of those people are saved? You don't know yet, do you? Mm. And as, as that story unfolds, you realise, oh, well, because this ground was hard and because there were weeds and it looked like it took and then it didn't take and then it came along and the birds came along. So... It's kind of like, I think we need some humility to step back as outsiders and observers and say, we're not 100% sure what's happening there, but we'll see over time. Yeah. We'll see over time what's happened. Uh, I think that's fair enough. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's an important parable to bring into the discussion. Um, and I think when you, come to, when you come to something like the warnings in Hebrews, um, is tempting to try and use them to to build your theological build your theological system which you have to do um but you've got to bear in mind that um that the writer to hebrews isn't setting out primarily to build a theological system he's setting out to pastor a church mm. um and when he says don't you know when he says don't fall away from christ that would be really bad he's He's acting like a lifeguard saying, don't dive into the swimming pool. You will hurt yourself. He's not acting like a physicist saying, well, if you dive, if you dive in from one meter high, then this will be the consequences. And if you dive in from two meters high, then these will be the consequences. Um, he's perhaps not answering all of our questions about the, the theological I's and T's. He, he's, he's got a different job. He's saying, guys, don't go there. Mm. And in some ways, if, if you were to, to pin me down and say, uh, what, 
how does the Bible answer the question, can you lose your salvation? I would say the Bible's answer is make sure you don't. Yes. Yeah. That, that's really helpful. You, you, you don't, you, we don't define the terms in which the Bible speaks. We have to understand the terms in which the Bible speaks and um, go from there. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, let, and let, that, go on. Well, I was going to say, let's, let's begin to wind up. Mm. Um, I, I think a good place to leave it would be to think about the whole question of assurance. Mm. You know, um, if, if these warnings in the Bible exist to help us stick with Jesus, and if it's possible to look like you're a Christian and you're not, and um, if, if, um, if I ignore these warnings at my peril, um, because they're there to keep me safe, um, can I have assurance? Can I be sure um, that I'm going to be saved if, you know, given that some people do fall away and we're saying if they do, um, then they weren't really Christians. Mm. Well, I think I think one of the level the sort of accusations that gets leveled at Christians is that it's arrogant to have any assurance. I think that's to misunderstand the proposition. Actually, it's enormously humble to have assurance because you're not saying I'm sinless, I'm worth it, I'm good enough, I can do this. You're saying Jesus was sinless. Jesus has done this. I've received it as a gift of grace. Therefore, my trust isn't in myself. My trust is in him. I think rightly understood, that's a humble posture, one that glorifies God and leads to worship. Yeah. Um, I think if you're looking for clauses to increase your sin life, that's a bad sign. Um, so Hebrews 10 says, if we deliberately keep on sinning after we receive the knowledge of the truth, there's no sacrifice left. Um, that, that, that sometimes causes people to scratch their heads. Yeah. Um, that, that word deliberately comes up again in 1 Peter 5, 2, where it's talking about elders. It says, be shepherds of God's flock, which is under your care, watching over them, not because you must, but because you are willing so not under compulsion, but willingly. In, in, that, in that verse, in that view, you've got, there's, there's a way to lead this flock that's under compulsion, i.e. you don't really want to do it, your heart's not in it. Mm. And there's a way of leading them which is willingly, eagerly, rightly. And so that's the same word that's being used if we deliberately or if we willingly keep on sinning. If you're doing it, Oh, you don't really want to do it. I mean, there's no sin really that isn't partly deliberate. Mm. So it's not universal sin there. It's kind of a wholehearted, joyful, going for it, willing, ongoing involvement in sin that, that doesn't lead to any repentance. That's not, that's not good. Um, no. And is, is unlikely to be a Christian's experience. I think a Christian might have habitual sin but they understand that that's wrong mm. and they have a growing understanding of that that's quite different i think yeah i've used the analogy before of the clean the tidy house and the untidy house um so some people have really tidy houses and that's not because mess doesn't get made um it's because when it gets made it gets dealt with yeah um yeah yeah and i think Going, going back to um, those lectures by Don Carson that I found so interesting. Um, I think one of the one of the people asked, he gets asked this this question, well, can I have assurance? Or, or he comments on it. And um, I think what he said, which really stuck with me, was something along the lines of, um, uh, you, as long as you are following Jesus, you can have assurance. Um, yeah. As soon as you're not, you can't. Um, and if you want to follow Jesus, he will help you do that. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I've had my fair share of wrestlings with things of faith. Um, and um, I just love, I just love that, that sense of 
assurance that comes from the idea that if I'm going to be saved, it's going to be his doing. If I'm going to, you know, I, I only believe in him because he did that in me. And so I'm only going to carry on because he does it in me. Um, to him who is able to keep us from stumbling and present us faultless, to him be glory. It's cause for great celebration. It is. And, and cause for taking taking our perseverance really seriously and yet really confidently um i want i want to just reiterate that we're we're not here having made a case we're not here having trying to say and that's answered all questions absolutely (laughs) there's no way through this that doesn't end up with a stack of questions um but if you go back to my point about god's infinite knowledge then i think yeah that that's not to be unexpected um but nevertheless this is this is my firm conviction yeah and that's a very helpful segue daniel into something i was going to say which is um uh, if anyone listening has any um topics or questions that they would find it helpful um to have a podcast episode on then do let me know um absolutely no promises but i'd love to hear the suggestions and and things that people are wondering about and scratching their heads about um and maybe i can find someone who can uh, who can help us answer them so send me an email simeon.dry at citychurchcambridge.org.uk and um i'd love to hear what you think great any other any final words from you daniel um i've really enjoyed reading gentle and lowly a new book uh, by Ortland, which is on my christmas list yeah very very worth reading if you want a pastoral um encouragement devotional feeding about the fact that god comes to help us because we need help if you feel like you need help brilliant that's why god came he came to help us he loves to help us amen it's goodbye from me and it's goodbye from me